and welcome back to the How I Ripped Off Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. My name is Chip Thompson and I'm joined as always by AMC. That would be me. And this is uh, Tamora Gason, episode 18 of season 4, mm. Departure Part 2. Uh, what happened last time, MC? Not much. Nope, it was a very <laughs> short one and this one's going to be just as short, maybe shorter. Yeah, well, I mean, basically, the, the it was the after, directly after the the big old fight, the showdown yeah. with the whatever the fuck they're called. December form. December form. Thank <laughs> See you. See how much you're invested in this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, MC's beaten up. Gav is beaten up. Blah blah blah. But. MC has finally come clean with the gang mm. and told them about Amy's angelic heritage, mm. and uh, that's basically all that happened. Yeah, that was basically. Oh, uh, we had the thing about how Gav was bitten by a vampire and had to go to hospital because it wouldn't stop bleeding. Mm. We kind of uh, said things about what that could be. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it's nothing to do with fucking Riley from Buffy because I hate that. Um, and I kind of liken it to, you know, uh, at the end of a season mm. of a TV show like, mm. like Buffy or Angel, mm. um, something really dramatic will happen and there'll be a big fight mm. and then the season ends and then you have to wait like three months until the new season comes. Mm. And then what last week's episode was like was like that time in between the seasons, mm. like the off-camera stuff that you don't see. Mm-hmm. It was all very strange. Um, and I... Because it's such a short episode. Now, normally when we do these episodes, we look at the original Word docs that they're based on, mm-hmm. and there are, what, like 15 pages mm-hmm. on average, mm-hmm. something like that? And then that equates to something between 40 minutes and an hour per episode that we record. Mm-hmm. But this one is only, like, nine pages. Mm. It's super short, mm. and it just feels like a real transition kind of episode in a way. And yeah. I think I said this to you before off the podcast as well. I feel like the way I was writing uh, Season 4 of Tomorrow Gazing and with Chip... It kind of feels like me as a writer just wants to finish it and is kind of mm, rushing through sure. things to get to the end. Um, and I just wonder if that was a bit of burnout from having written so much of it before. Yeah, it could and be. And also trying to do two per two seasons. Yeah. Maybe I was just a bit burnt out on how shit it was or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe I knew back then. <laughs> so, oh God, this is awful. I've been writing this for four seasons and it hasn't improved. <laughs> Another thing is the episode's called Departure, mm. but no one's departed. Yet. Yet. So I think that's what we're going to have We're now. in part two, so perhaps, perhaps. Ooh. Well, let's find out. I hope it's see. not Terry. Oh, don't you shut your fucking whore mouth. <laughs> I'll slap you. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Please ignore MC's outburst. He's very tired. <laughs> let's find out what's going to happen as we get into departure part two. Previously on Tomorrow Gason. Vic's body still lay about ten feet in front of MC, blood dripping from the slit in his neck. For the moment, it appeared as if the December form were beaten. Now all MC wanted to do was get off this roof and back to the B&B. But wait, the threat Tannis had made before he jumped dimensions. Did we win? Jay wanted to know, looking at Vic's body. We did. The December form and no more. Isn't there one more? Terry said, spotting Stuart's dead body on the roof too. Oh, I thought there were three members. It's done, MC replied stubbornly. Look, Louise, if this is about you having a go at me for going in alone, can we just leave it for now? Everyone's alright, and it worked out in the end. Worked out? I was nearly killed. Gav got bitten by a vampire when the protection spell went down, Jay was attacked by zombies, and you've had seven levels of hell kicked out of you. And also, I think there's something wrong with Amy. Let's talk about this in the morning. She's your daughter! Louise watched MC for a moment as he didn't respond. You knew about this, didn't you? I think you should leave now. 
In the room, they sat around the table that Jay had built. Where's Gav? MC asked. He went to the hospital. Couldn't get his neck wound to stop bleeding. Right, well, I'm guessing you're all wondering why I asked you here today. And the answer is Amy. Amy's not like other babies. She's special. She's an angel. Tannis, last night on the roof, got away. Jumped through a portal. But before that, he threatened Amy's life. Now, I've seen this guy in action. He's a powerful dude, so I'm gonna need some assistance in protecting her. You mean like a spell? Anything. I don't care. But I can't always be there to protect her. Oh, and Louise, I'm sorry I didn't tell any of you this before. Louise stopped and turned to face MC. That's okay. I just hope you feel like you can trust your friends in the future. With a few stitches in his neck, Gav slowly walked out of casualty. Oh, he's, he's finally leaving. Yeah, was, so he maybe was kept, he like, is overnight. Okay. Yeah. yeah. As he did, a young nurse followed him out. Mr. Finn, she called to him. I was wondering if I could give you this. The nurse handed Gav a piece of paper with her phone number on oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, back to sexualising Gav. <laughs> <laughs> that nurse was me in a nurse's outfit. <laughs> <laughs> and Gav is like, sorry, I'm 14. <laughs> By the way, did you find my shirt? No. <laughs> Wear this oil. <laughs> it will help your injury. <laughs> the nurse handed Gav a piece of paper with her phone number on it. Sorry, love. I'm already taken. He smiled and left the hospital. And that's it for that portion. <laughs> so, again, just to peel back the curtain slightly of our, our process, MC, our creative mm-hmm. process here mm-hmm. to how I ripped off Buffy HQ. Um, when we uh, are setting up part one and part two of the episode, we uh, find like a breaking point halfway, about halfway in the dock, in the word dock, uh, something that kind of fits as a, a dramatic or, you know, a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Um rarely works but we usually just have to end it on something that's about halfway so one episode isn't two hours long and one is five minutes um but the choice was either end on this or begin with this mm. so we've begun with the four lines of gav leaving a hospital and having a, her- a nurse hit on him <laughs> so yeah i don't know what actual purpose this serves were you just trying to make gav feel sexy <laughs> i think you were just trying to sexualize gav weren't you Turn it into some sort of, like, carry-on Gav <laughs> film. Maybe it's just to check in with him and see how he's doing. Sure, And maybe show sure. his kind of devotion to Louise. Okay, sure. Okay, why not? Great. And I did all that in four lines, MC. Jay was in the middle of tidy... Jay was in the middle of tidy up the bed and breakfast when the couple had walked through the reception area. His nerves were still a little shot after the confrontation with the zombies the previous night. But he steadied himself quickly and checked them in. Okay, a little bit domestic now as well, mm-hmm, back to the mm-hmm. business. MC came downstairs and greeted the guests and offered to take their bags to their room. They politely declined and gave MC and Jay a funny look after noticing the amount of bruises the two men had between them. <laughs> Imagine going to a B&B and all the staff there just looked like they had the shit kicked out of them. Be like, did you have sex with Chip? <laughs> What is this, a crossover episode? <laughs> Imagine staying in a and b that was called the Tokyo Memorial Bed and Breakfast. <laughs> God. I guess if you saw a covered in bruise, they'd be like, yeah, that seems about right for the name. How many stars do you think the Tokyo Memorial B&B has? I don't know if you can do negative or not. <laughs> uh, minus four stars. Shit name. Everyone was covered in bruises <laughs> and there were werewolves. And I didn't get my free meal. <laughs>
business is booming. Jay smiled. About time too. The ginger ninja replied. The phone rang. It was Terry. Yay. Yay. Phone in from the still zombie corpse infested pub. He doesn't have as much practice of getting rid of bodies as the gang does. <laughs> and he doesn't want to use his cloaking spell, apparently. Sure. They exchange a few pleasantries before getting down to business. Just imagine, how's the pub? <laughs> oh, you know, still full of dead people. <laughs> how's your face? Oh, still bruised. <laughs> so I spoke to some people I know. Terry began. And they should be able to dispose of their bomb on top of the December form building. <laughs> Just a mate down the pub, yeah, he's, oh, he's not like a professional nuclear bomb disposal, but, you know, he dabbles in it. He did a course on uh, the weekend, watching YouTube videos, says it isn't too complicated. He's a collector. <laughs> he just collects nukes. <laughs> Again, this is this really feeds into that idea that I was just fucking done with this. <laughs> Do you remember when MC went on a daring raid to oh, steal some files? Yeah. Yeah, and we were just like, he did it. <laughs> and now we're like Terry's just conveniently found someone who can get rid of a fucking nuclear bomb on top of a massive building to be fair he might be using some sort of magic like maybe he's putting it in another dimension or something well fuck that dimension then I guess so dimension of disposed nuclear weapons exactly maybe that's where Tannis has gone <laughs> great what about Amy MC asked well I found out about a guy who might know of a way of protecting the little sprog, but it's a little complicated. How so? Well, <laughs> Terry starts all of his sentences like that now. Well, <laughs> well, this guy isn't so much a bloke as he is a demon, and he ain't local. Not to this dimension, anyway. I like how that's as much of a concern as... <laughs> I mean, you know, he's a demon, but he's round from these parts. Knew his mum, lovely family. Uh, solid geezer, solid. <laughs> well, he's not round for here, I don't know. He's probably from Ipswich or something. Comes in as a pint of John Smith's. Watch the footy, lovely. Uh, do you think he's from the dimension that all the nukes go to? <laughs> You send one nuke to get a demon back. Can you get me that? Yeah. Or at least I think I could. MC, remember, mate, I'm not as powerful as some of them warlocks and wizards that have had magic in their families for generations. I'm pretty much an amateur. Don't worry about that now. I'm going. I believe you can do it. Get everything ready and I'll be at the pub in ten minutes. With that, MC hung up the phone and left the reception area. Bit of uh, positive affirmations for Terry. <laughs> I believe you can do it. Can you imagine trying to get on a plane with a pilot who's like, well, I've flown one in a video game once. Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're fine, mate. Believe in you. You've got this. The power of positivity, all right? You're local, though, right? <laughs> I have the tiger. <laughs> with that, MC hung up the phone and left the reception area. Good news? Jay asked. Let's hope so. MC left the reception area of the... Wait, he's already done that. MC hung up the phone and left the reception area. MC left the reception area of the B&B and headed into the living room. Well, when Jay asked him good news, he came back into the reception area right. oh, I see. He to did reply, a... and then he left again. I see. He did a daring raid back into the reception area, but we didn't need to see it. It was fine. MC left the reception area of the B&B and headed into the living room. Louise was sitting in the armchair, reading a magazine that told stories of the rich and famous. Hey, she said, laying the magazine down. Hi. MC found his coat and slipped it on. Going out? Louise asked. Just got off the phone to Terry. He might know a way I can protect Amy from Tannis. If he ever does come back. That's good. There was a silence for a second. MC went to leave, but Louise stopped him, standing up. MC, wait. I'm sorry for what I said earlier. I was just... 
a little shocked. Louis shouldn't be apologising. No, no, no. Not in the slightest. No. No. I guess that's understandable. <laughs> How gracious of him, say. I found out months ago, and I still can't get my head around it. These shows are really good at forgiving their lead white male protagonists, aren't they? <laughs> Things haven't really been going our way in the past few, well, years. True. MC let out a little laugh. But we've somehow managed to come through most of it. We've lost people, close people, but we're still here. We're still fighting. That's the important thing. Right again. Look, Louise, I might have been snappy as of late. <laughs> might? Might have been? What? Might have been. Might have been. But I am the strongest one here. <laughs> that's not even you joking, that's actually the line. And while I accept and appreciate all of you being here and helping, fighting demons and stopping apocalypses is still my job. And I'll never expect you to put your life at risk. You patronising little shitbag. It's true in that he does have literal superpowers. Yeah, but Jay and but Louise the, have been yeah. there the whole time. I know. They've helped him stop every single apocalypse. Is he trying to say that he doesn't expect them to do the dangerous stuff like he would never say, never expect it of them? I think he's trying to say that he wants to protect everyone, yeah. just not Amy. Yeah, but, but he's in just, a really condescending yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't just patted her on the head at this point. You yeah. all right, darling. You go make a cup of tea, eh? <laughs> Look after my baby again. Read your celebrity gossip <laughs> magazine, why don't you? Oh, no. Oh, no. You'll just have to get used to it. Louise smiled a little. MC did also. He then left the living, oh, God, and the bed and breakfast, just as turned the corner outside of... <laughs> oh, no. He then left the living... And the bed and breakfast. He died. He left the living. <laughs> Just as turned the corner outside of the Tokyo Memorial, Gav stepped out of a taxi and headed inside. He passed Jay on the reception desk and walked into the living room. I'll get it right there. I can say living room a sentence later. But the one before... <laughs> nope. Louise let out a little yell and ran towards him. Gav caught her in his arms. They kissed. Everything okay? She asked. Could it be better? He replied. Hmm, so maybe he is fine, maybe. Yeah, but could be better as in, like, I feel great. Getting bitten by a vampire was great. I'm a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> the bar area of the King's Crown pub was starting to look like it was supposed to. The zombie bodies had been disposed of and the broken furniture swept away. Not even going to mention how the body, the zombie bodies were disposed of there. Obviously not. Nope, just gone. Some mate of Terry's. <laughs> Terry wiped the sweat from his forehead when there was a knock at the door. Who is it? Terry called out, knowing the last thing to bang on that door was the living dead. MC. MC replied. Terry unbolted the lock on the door and let the ninja in. MC didn't beat around the bush. Is it done? He asked. Yes. But like I said, MC, I'm still not certain about this, mate. This is something I've never done before. I'm a rank amateur when it comes to magic. And like I said to you, I have faith. I've seen you in action. You've got some, you know, juice. Juice? Yes, yes, juice is a question we're all asking right well, now. Well, I mean, I've got orange juice, I've got tomato juice if you want a Bloody Mary. He's not an amateur barman, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, bad choice of words, but you know what I mean. Tell me more about this demon. Well, for fuck's sake, Terry. Jesus. <laughs> well, he slash it is called Inca. Well, I'm sorry, what? He slash it. Oh, right, okay. But I wrote slash instead of putting... Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
He slash it is called Inca. No idea what he looks like, but from some wizard friends of mine, they say he knows the whereabouts of everything and one in the world. Oh, everything and I one mean, in the world, yeah. Sure. Including something that might be able to protect my daughter? That's the thinking. Let's do it. Can I give you one more warning? Terry pleaded. You can. And whilst normally I'd listen, my daughter's life could be at stake and I'm not going to risk that. Fair enough, mate. Terry said after thinking for a few seconds. Let's go do it. Wait, so he's not going to... Wait, was that he's the not warning? Even gonna, <laughs> he's not even going to listen to the warning. He's not... Never mind ignore the warning. just not going to listen. It's not going to... Terry being like, by the way, the whole dimension is underwater, so you will need a scuba tank. It's underwater and on fire. <laughs> a dog in there going, this is fine. <laughs> oh, nice. Memes. Yes. yes. <laughs> this is kind of a metaphor for the entire series and our lives. Uh, yay, 2020, baby. <sighs> And again, I love, you know, how simple it is to have an exposition kind of demon that's like, knows everything. Convenient. Just knows everything. Yeah. Yeah. Why haven't they used it before? Wouldn't that be Naddy when the one was knocking around? <laughs> well, they didn't know Terry then. Yeah, but it's, but surely, oh, I don't know who gives a fuck anymore. Let's just get on with it. A few murmurs of chanting, a few candles lit, and some funny coloured dust thrown in the air later, MC was transported from the pub into a dark cave. That's easy. I love how in a lot of things there's always like, you know, magic has a price, it has a cost associated with it, that you just can't just cast spells willy-nilly. But here it's like, bit of lantern, a <laughs> few candles, some funny dust, done. I mean, it was a lot like that in Buffy and Angel as yeah. well. They had the whole thing where there was consequences for obviously like Willow, who mm. went a bit crazy with the magic and stuff like that. But yeah, I like the idea that even the simplest of spells should be reserved because there are consequences and it's not easy. But generally what happens is, ooh, magic, dangerous, ooh, lots of consequences, unless it fits the plot, in which case it's fine. Yay! The only light source was a flaming torch on the wall. Wishing he had brought some weapons with him, what? MC took hold of the torch and started to walk slowly down the cave's corridor. How fucking stupid is MC? <laughs> I'm just going to go to another dimension with a demon in it. And I'll just go unarmed. It's not... How many times have they been caught out without any weapons? Yeah, but how many times have they fought a demon that couldn't be killed by weapons? <laughs> Once. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's, this is like the night after, or the couple of days after, he's just had the shit kicked out of him yeah. by a massive demon as well. You think... I guess I'm trying to get a, across his kind of head rush into things, but still, yeah, yeah. he's got time to grab a weapon. He's a fucking trained ninja. Surely yeah. this should be his first instinct. Yeah, yeah, you'd think. Yeah. You'd think. But no. No. After a few feet, the cave started to widen, and there was a big bright light at the end. MC approached the opening the cave. MC approached the opening the cave with great caution. He pushed his back against the cobweb-covered stone wall of the cave and peered in slowly. The room was completely empty, with the exception of a dozen or so burning torches on the walls and a wooden chair in the centre that had its back to MC. The ninja eased in, sensing a presence in the chair. Ninja sense. Ninja sense. <laughs> he doesn't need weapons, he's got all his ninja abilities, he's fine. As he made his way forward, the chair suddenly swivelled round, revealing a small girl sitting in it. Hello! She said politely. Um, hi? MC replied, not really knowing what to make of the situation. I 
know what you seek. The little girl said cheekily, standing from the chair. Inca. MC said, knowingly. Ugh, little girls are just creepy. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Like, if you've got like a small girl child, she's creepy, okay? <laughs> I know you love your daughter. <laughs> but she's she freaks scary me out. shit. <laughs> Keep her away from me. Basically a demon. <laughs> you know my name. How sweet. Of course I know you. She walked around MC, studying him. To be honest, I was expecting something a little more... Scary. Oh, no. You're definitely scary. See? I told you. Little girls are scary. <laughs> you're agreeing with MC here. <laughs> oh, no. You're definitely scary. But I was thinking something bigger, meaner looking, what with you being a demon and all. I like to take many forms. I'm a sort of the person. Well, demon. So it's good to be able to hide when needs be. When somebody crosses dimensions and goes into the spooky cave, I'm like, oh no, it's just a little girl. Are you lost? Where are your parents? No, they see a scary little girl and they're like, fuck it now, Jesus. <laughs> I wish it was a demon. I mean, I'd rather have a demon than a baby daughter, it's true. There's not a lot of difference for you, is there? It was way more destructive. If you had a wife and they got pregnant, you wouldn't take her for an abortion, you'd take her for an exorcism. <laughs> Look, little Miss Inca, if you know why I'm here, can we just get on with it? You wish for your daughter to be protected from someone that lurks in the shadows of another world. Something like that. MC was beginning to lose his patience. There's an item of great worth that possesses the power to protect a life from magical forces. I know its location and how to use correctly and you can find all that here. Is it going to be a Connor? Is it going to be that he, she just disappears for ages and then blah, 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 blah? Uh, I, I mean, this is all really vague, isn't it? There's an yeah. item of great worth that possesses... It's a, it's a MacGuffin, isn't it? Yeah, It's another yeah. power, like the sword of Ingram and all yeah. that sort of stuff, you know? It's just, here's a thing that will magically do the thing you want it to do. A small scroll appeared in thin air and hovered to one side of where Inca was standing, just in front of MC. He reached out to grab it, but it disappeared. MC looked at Inca. Did I mention there was a price? She smiled. What is it? I want you to take those big strong ninja arms of yours, wrap them around my throat and squeeze until my body goes limp. <laughs> she wants a joke wag. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's come back. <laughs> In the worst way possible. Never left. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Children just got that much more scary for me. Yeah. Oh no. Pardon? A slightly stunned MC asked. My life. <laughs> I mean, I'm not king shaming, but. My life is awash with people like you, needing something, taking something. And I'm tired of it. I want it to end. The only way I will allow you to leave with the information you desire is if you end my existence. <laughs> Does she want him to choke her to death and then she'll tell him? As <laughs> <laughs> he finishes struggling, I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> Are you sure? Positive. Witty poetical, don't you think? Little girl dies, little girl lives. Inca smiled. MC 
crept forward and slowly placed his hands around the neck of the girl. He swallowed hard and closed his eyes. He was just about to go through with Inca's request when she started to laugh. <laughs> you were really going to do it, weren't you? She giggled. I... yes. You really do want to protect your daughter. The scroll appeared next to Inca again. She took hold of it. There you go. You passed the test. This is yours. <laughs> what kind of test is that? I fucked up one. <laughs> really <laughs> fucked up one. I don't want my GCSEs anymore. <laughs> oh, did a teacher make you choke them for your GCSEs? <laughs> Do we need to have Normal, a conversation? <laughs> MC took the scroll, a little bewildered. You're sick. He said. A girl's got to enjoy herself somehow. Inca smiled. Does he just choke her anyway? <laughs> I'll show you. Uh, I mean, maybe it's that kind of thing. You know, demons are a demon gonna demon. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're into weird shit. And it's creepy because there's a little girl. And blah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. and it just kind of shows how far MC is still willing yeah, to go, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Still not okay. And I really hope that's the last we've ever seen of Inca. Because <laughs> little girls are creepy. And I told you, and I proved it right here. This is proof. <laughs> the thing that you wrote... MC was the last one to enter the meeting room at the bed and breakfast. Gav, Louise, Jay and Terry all sat around the large wooden table in the centre of the room. Hang on, so why was Terry so worried about MC going to that cave where a little girl was there? Maybe he was like, look mate, she's going to ask you to do something weird and kinky, (laughs) alright? But it's just a test. But then decided not to tell him that. Well, MC was like, no, no, don't want to know, shut up. Unless there's consequences still to come, but I don't yeah, know if I put that much be. thought into it. <sighs> I mean, I'll tell you, but you have to choke me. <laughs> 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 MC was the last one to enter the meeting room at the bed and breakfast. Gav, Louise, Jay and Terry all sat around the large wooden table in the centre of the room. MC, carrying Amy, set his daughter down in the special baby seat at the table. He sat down at the head of the table. Table, table, table. Table. Well. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you're all wondering why I brought you here this evening. I'm sorry I dropped the bombshell of Amy being an angel on you this morning. Amy's a what? (laughs) Gav said, confused. (laughs) Is he going to follow it up by going, Who's Dom? (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. Louise touched his leg. None of us are quite sure what this means yet. Including MC. Jay said. Right. The ninja continued. All I know is that she's my daughter and a threat has been made against her. Being an angel, there's no doubt she'll grow up to be someone very special, so it's damn important that we protect her. Louise thought the way MC phrased his sentence about protecting Amy because she was an angel and not because she was his daughter was strange, but remained silence as MC continued. (laughs) That seems pretty in character. (laughs) But yeah, that's a good point actually, because I was going to say at some point... um, does this feel a bit more like the old MC? Yeah. But he's more protecting the legacy than his daughter. Or even just the, the, the sort of Amy as a force for good. Mm, yeah, as opposed to his daughter. Flesh and yeah, blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks to Terry, I managed to find a way to keep her safe. And it's all here. MC pulled out a small piece of brown paper from his pocket. So Inga gave away some info for free, did he? Terry said. There was a small price. And Inca is more of a she at the moment. What does he say? Jay asked. I don't know. I haven't read it yet. 
I thought I'd wait till we were all together, being a team and all. Yeah, that's good. That's, well that's a bit more, yeah, um, progress. MC unrolled the paper and started to read it. The gang waited in anticipation for the results. Right. It says here there's a special sort of amulet that, when worn by a living thing, can repel acts of darkness. It was forged out of pure light, and its power cannot be broken. Sounds (laughs) OP. (laughs) Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It's like unbreakable armour amulet or something. (laughs) (laughs) Also, she's an angel. She's been sort of baby yoda in her way out of situations for a while now. Sounds like something out of a fairy tale! Gav commented. Whereas demons, vampires, werewolves, and men trying to win the world is just an episode of EastEnders, Terry said. Point taken! Does it give a location? Louise asked. I really hope mm. it's in some, like, some place that Spanish monks hid it. <laughs> and that they have to go there and Jason is protecting it. <gasps> oh. <laughs> and he's just like, oh mate, not again. <laughs> MC read on for a few moments before replying. Yeah, it does. New York City. <gasps> Crossover episode. It's a crossover episode. <laughs> Sounds like a strange place for a magical amulet, Terry said. According to this, it's not so much hidden as it is owned. MC replied, Must be a collector. Well, guess I'm going to New York. When? Louise wanted to know. As soon as possible. I don't want to sit on this. I'll see if I can find a ticket on the web, get a last minute one and cheese it down to the airport. <laughs> It's not too far. Cheese it down to the airport? Is that a saying? Apparently. <laughs> Cheese it down. <laughs> uh, but I wrote that and I was like, this will get over. <laughs> yeah, People will be saying this in years to come. <laughs> MC. Jay said. Would you let me go? Go where? To New York. I uh, don't know, Jay. Why would you want to go? A puzzled MC asked. In all honesty, I'm the best one to go. You and Gav are the best fighters in case you're needed. Louise is great at running the B&B and Terry has a pub to run. What do I do? Make things out of bits of old wood every now and then? Plus, it'll give you more time to spend with Amy. Make sure she's okay. MC's like, no, no, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's a solid argument. I I think that his... Jay is putting it in this way, but secretly he just wants to go to New York because it'll be closer to Corey Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. What do you know about New York, Jay? Louise asked. When I was rich, I used to travel to the States all the time. i got some people I know out there if I need to contact anyone too. Again, I think it's a yeah. solid enough argument. Yeah. yeah. Also, I love any time we reference a Jay used to be rich. <laughs> it's just my favourite thing. <laughs> OK, Jay, you're on. MC said, surprising everyone in the room. Jay nodded. Right, I call that meeting adjourned then. I'm going to get back to the pub now then, MC. Unless you need me for any more dangerous spells, Terry said. I'll be in touch, Terry. <laughs> oh, poor Terry. I think they should give him a bit more. Yeah. He's a bit like, they just rely on him for his magic. His amateur magic, which has so far has been 100% successful. <laughs> I guess it started off with MC getting rid of the demon in his basement. Yeah. yeah. And then Terry sort of helped to save the world, mm. which is in many ways a selfish act. <laughs> like, it's not like you owe me for... Helping to not prevent everyone and myself from dying horribly. <laughs> I, I guess they're new friends, aren't they? You yeah. Know, they're not like, he's not part of the gang just yeah, yet. He's on the yeah. peripheries, you know. Gav and Louise left the meeting room after Terry, going back to make sure the guests were comfortable. MC and Jay, along with Amy, loaded up the computer and started to hunt around for late flights to New York. They managed to find one that was leaving in three hours time and was going for a very reasonable price. 
MC purchased a ticket and ordered a taxi while Jay went to pack. When the taxi arrived, MC went to say goodbye when Jay asked him, MC, would you come to the airport with me? Why's that? Well, it's just the last time I was at an airport, I got kidnapped into a world of pirates where I was nearly killed. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> very, very good point. I can as, see why he might have some trauma. As phobias go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Jay. MC smiled. He grabbed his coat and joined Jay in the taxi. But yeah, this is kind of a nice little moment. It feels like, mm. I think MC kind of appreciates that Jay has offered to do this. Yeah. And like, Jay, we've already said he was the best character, but genuinely coming through with good reasoning and sort yeah. of like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll yeah, do yeah. this, let me do this. Give me not only some purpose for myself, but mm. leave everything as it should be and everyone's safe and protected. Mm. Yeah, well done, Jay. Mm. It would only be about half an hour taxi journey, but there was a little bit of traffic on the road that delayed the drive. MC and Jay sat in the back with Jay's one suitcase in the boot of the car. I want to thank you for this, Jay. MC said out of the blue. Takes a lot of gut. (laughs) Just one gut. Just one. Takes a lot of gut to travel alone to a strange place. But more importantly, the fact you're doing this for everyone. It's appreciated. Just trying to help, boss. Jay smiled. The traffic finally eased off and eventually the taxi made it to the airport. MC paid the driver and walked to the terminal with Jay. When it was time to board the plane, MC shook his friend's hand. Safe journey. He said... I'll find that amulet. Don't worry. MC stayed at the airport until the flight had left. He then made his way back to the bed and breakfast. Just give him a hug, man, for Christ's sake. I don't hug, ever. (laughs) Men don't hug other men. God, that's gay. (laughs) Things were starting to look up for him now. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is never good. (laughs) Kidnapped by pirates again. (laughs) Things were starting to look up for him now. He and his friends had not only survived a potential apocalypse, but they had averted it. They were starting to settle in London after being there for a few months, and their new business was starting to take shape, if only slowly. Gavin Louise couldn't be happier, Jay was beginning to find his path again, and made an extreme gesture by travelling to New York to find this amulet. Having Terry around was a positive point. He had not only proved himself as a useful resource with his magic, but he was becoming a good friend. Okay, alright, so they are becoming good friends, that's nice. MC had even finally come clean to his friends about the true nature of Amy's birth. There was just one niggling, though, running through the ninja's mind that wouldn't, for the first time in a long while, let a smile run across his chiseled chin. Stop hitting on me, (laughs) Chip. The fact that he still blamed his baby daughter for the woman he loved and that he still couldn't bring himself to feel anything for her despite knowing he should. I think it's just my attitude towards children. It's nothing to do with Tifa. But he blames Amy for the woman he loved. <laughs> like, not anything to do with the death. It was like, you made me fall in love with Tifa, and I wasted the best years of my life. <laughs> on that idiot. <laughs> He's got so many resentful feelings for the women in his life. <sighs> At the present time, Amy was still to MC what she had always been. A burden and a chore. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, damn. Oh, wow. Well, we were right then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not hold back on that. Jesus. The new year had barely begun, yet there didn't seem to be too much to celebrate. MC knew that when he got home, he'd have to play the part of the leader, the friend and the father, even though he wasn't particularly interested in being either much more. Ooh, he's still burnt out again, still dangerously. Yeah, he listed three things and said either as well, so he's clearly messed up at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so again, I think we called this Mm. MC on the surface appearing to be sort of yeah. open and forward yeah, 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 and coming yeah, yeah. clean when really he's still 
holding on to these issues. And mm. with, it's with Amy. That's the thing. It's like his grief with Tifa, mm. blaming Amy. And you can kind of understand. Sure, sure, like, sure, sure. It's almost like a, almost like kind of a postnatal depression sort of situation, you know? When, yeah, um, sure. He's struggling with the whole fatherhood thing. And he didn't have much time to come to terms with the fact that he was going to be a father. And there is a thing that... Tifa did have to die in yeah. order for Amy to live. Like, that is a literal thing that had to happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's going to be hard. It's not a great way to start a new relationship with a baby, <laughs> is it? Let me tell you about the time that you killed your mum. <laughs> it had been a long flight, nearly ten hours of travelling. Jay was tired, but he knew he still had to find some kind of low-rent hotel to stay in while he was there. He didn't have much money on him and most of the cash he did have was given to him by MC in case he needed to purchase the amulet he was looking for. As he walked through the terminal, Jay decided to get something to eat and a strong coffee to keep him awake. He walked into a small shop and picked up a few items. As he was waiting in a queue to pay, he noticed a newspaper stand. One of the papers had a headline that read, Bomb Scare Reminds New Yorkers of That Fateful Day in September. Jay picked up the paper and scanned the story. He glanced at the picture of one of the bomb sites near the docks. Suddenly, Jay dropped all the items he was carrying apart from the paper as a chill went down his spine at the sight of a familiar face. In the background of the photograph, standing with three other people, was none other than his former friend and enemy, Chip. And that's why we're going to leave Departure Part 2. Well, what did we think of that episode, MC? Well, we know why it's called Departure. Yeah, yeah, we finally figured it out. Yep. Uh, we got the return of the choke wank. <laughs> of all the things, and that's what you pick up on. other stuff happened. <laughs> to you, that episode should have just been called choke wank. <laughs> Every <return>. episode. But <laughs> <laughs> well, no, come on, the big cliffhanger. Yeah, man. Uh, so, yeah, crossover episode. And yeah. it's interesting that it's Jay rather than MC. Yeah, I quite like that. It's mm. a different kind of dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, Chip was basically... I mean, they're all a bully towards Jay, but Evil Ship was especially a bully yeah. towards Jay. Yeah. So... But you say that, though, because mm. uh, I feel like, in a way, there's a certain different dynamic in the sense that uh, Chip and MC were always the, the best friends mm. and the leaders, and I feel like that relationship fracturing her MC more than anyone else. Sure. Louis, uh, Louise was literally crippled yeah. by Chip. Yeah. And although, yeah, they tortured Jay and stuff like that, I just, I feel like that relationship was less explored than maybe Chip's relationship with Louise and with MC. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, I'm quite looking forward. To, I, I mean, obviously, mm. Jay's going to turn up in mm. Chip. Yeah. And that's quite cool. Yeah. I'm quite looking forward to <gasps> We get Jay and Ridley together. <gasps> oh, my God. I'm super oh. excited for this. Yes, this is yes. going to be the best episode. <laughs> <laughs> But I also love the fact that this takes place after the bomb scares and the bombs and stuff went off in, uh, thanks to the Ipswich terrorists, yeah. in Chip. Yeah. And no one in London knew about this. <laughs> and they were able to get a flight to New York like that. And it wasn't until Jay got to New York on a plane <laughs> that he read a newspaper and was like, wait, some bombs went off in New York? It explains why the flights were so cheap. Though. Yeah, they were fiver. <laughs> they were like, we'll pay you to fly. Uh, luckily, Jay is from Norfolk and not Ipswich, so it was fine. <laughs> well, if you too are excited about seeing Jay and Ridley finally get their team up that they deserve, did you know there's numerous ways in which you can get in touch? You can find us on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash howiriptoffpodcast. And we're also on Twitter at howiriptoff. And you can find our entire back catalogue on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, iTunes and YouTube. 
And if you want to send us any sort of Ridley J fan fiction you've written, <laughs> uh, don't. But leave us, <laughs> use that creative energy to write a review uh, for the podcast as it is a really big help. Yeah, it seriously is. Like any sort of rating and review we get uh, helps us get seen higher in all the charts on all the different places. And there are so many fucking podcasts out there. Help us stand out. Yeah, please. Because we're better than them. <laughs> Yeah, clearly. <laughs> Come and leave us a five-star rating to depict how scared you are of little girls. <laughs>